We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, hitting with a solo recap of the Nets win over the Hornets, 122-116. Not a great win, but at this point in the season, you'll continue to take those wins and climb up the standings. It looks like the Hawks are going to fall to the Knicks, so the Nets at the very least can move up to that fifth seed. Uh, the Pacers currently are in a, a close matchup with the Minnesota Timberwolves, a two-point game. We'll see what happens with that one. Potentially, the Nets could move all the way up to fourth tonight, and that's why wins matter, and we're going to jump to that in plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Also, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram at the Brooklyn Buzz Pod. You can find the info in the description. But getting back to this game, which was a frustrating win, the Nets were up, you know, 18 at the half, 73-55. And that second half, they just did not play well. You know, they didn't play di- discipline. They didn't play with that level of consistency and effort. Uh, they f- they lost actually both quarters to the Hornets. The third, 32 to 23, and the fourth, 29 to 26. And this is a Hornets team missing LaMelo Ball, missing Gordon Hayward, and just not playing great basketball. And you want to see the Nets dominate a team like this. You know, if the Nets come out and dominate that third quarter the way the Hornets did, you know, this is a game where Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Royce O'Neal, you know, guys who played a ton of minutes this season can get some rest. You know, Kyrie ended up playing close to 35 minutes, about 37 for KD and almost 38 for Royce O'Neal. And that's that's an area that Jock Vaughn talked about before the game. It's a priority to find rest for these guys. The Nets were incapable of doing that in this one and I think it's disappointing you know it's not the end of the world or anything like that but this is the next step for this team is taking care of some of these bad teams and the reason the Hornets were able to keep this one close was just they were able to get easy baskets you know 68 to 46 in the paint that is just a rough number and the Hornets you know they do have some good athletes on this team but not necessarily one of the biggest teams in the league uh, it just was bad defense and not enough effort and energy defensively and the Hornets weren't great from 3 they shot 10 of 24 you know not bad a lot of that was you know Terry Rozier 3 of 6 Kelly Oubre 3 of 7 most of the other guys were knocking down one or two threes here and there but it's really gets down to the points in the paint, you know, allowing guys to have an impact in the game and get shots to allow them to feel comfortable and get to the free throw line. You know, the Hornets shot 23 free throws in this game. Luckily, they only hit 12 of those free throws and shot 52%. You know, that's a higher number. We could be looking at overtime or even a Hornets win. So a better team 
beats the Nets in this game. Luckily tonight they were playing the Hornets and they kind of played with their food and allowed them to stay in this game. And at the end of the day, you know, the difference was really the Nets having superstars and guys able to get shots and knock down shots and execute late in this game. But for the most part, it wasn't, you know, anything where you're going to go home and look at this tape and be like, yeah, we made major strides. No, the defense was not good. The transition defense was a mess. Guys were not communicating, not picking up guys in transition. You know, there was just, you know, players on the Hornets running down the floor and running in front of the rim and getting the ball and just dunking it down. And that's just bad, bad habits. And that's something we've talked about a lot on this show over the course of the last three seasons is bad habits. And that's a habit you want to clean up. You know, the point of attack defense, that's an issue. That's been an issue all season. You know, that's some of that's lack of talent defensively, but some of that's also just effort of wanting to stay in front of your guy or at least playing angles to an extent. You know, the only guy who really came in this game and I think played great point of attack defense was Edmund Sumner, who we'll talk about a little bit more later, but there's, there's some issues defensively. And I think one of the issues you consistently see with this switching style from the Nets is Clax is getting switched onto a guard, you know, in this game, Terry Rozier, who was able to get some buckets on him, but that's beside the point. It pulls him away from the rim and, you know, Kevin Durant, Weak side rim protector does have these big games, but he's a little bit inconsistent. He's also only one guy, especially if he's defending somebody like Kelly Oubre, who's been hot from three. You don't want to see him pull off too much. And, you know, what are you asking? Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, or Kyrie Irving to kind of step up and be a presence in the paint? Probably not going to happen. I think the absence of Ben Simmons is very apparent. And uh, Utah Watanabe, those are two guys that have length that can definitely help in that area. But overall, the defensive communication has to take major strides forward because of the lack of size and lack of some of that defensive talent on this team. And, you know, tonight was a perfect example. And yes, you know, the Hornets are probably one of the more athletic teams, you know, the Nets will see on a nightly basis. But at the end of the day, it's still habits that need to be corrected. A couple other areas the Nets could have been better in this game. Charlotte 15 to 11 in fast break points. Also 10 offensive rebounds for the Hornets. Just extra opportunities that aren't necessary. Uh, Turnover-wise, 11 to 10 in favor of the Nets. Only having 10 turnovers in this game is solid considering that they did have 33 assists. You know, I think that was one of the major positives to take away offensively. Uh, That was led by Kyrie Irving, who had nine assists, also eight for Kevin Durant and six for Seth Curry, four for Royce O'Neal. So good ball moving offensively and, you know, doing their thing. There was a couple stagnant stretches in that third and fourth quarter, but overall, you know, you score 122. That's not the issue. It's the defense, as I discussed earlier, but you know, we'll see what the Nets can do. Like I said, Utah, Ben coming back can be a pretty big boost in that area. But again, that's going to be an area pro- possibly addressed, you know, in the trade market, you know, be it a point of attack defender, be it another big for this roster. I think something that's pretty apparent is Markeith Morris, you know, doesn't have much defensively, was able to knock down a couple threes in this game, though. So that's a plus. But overall, the defense need to, needs to take strides forward, especially against better teams. But looking at Kyrie Irving tonight, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Kyrie finished with 33 points, 14 of 24 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, 9 assists, career high, 4 blocks, and 1 turnover. I mean, those are numbers that you absolutely love for Kyrie Irving. And I think he... He was a big reason. He was he was the main reason that's were able to stop you know the Hornets' biggest run in this game. You know he went on a little six point streak of his own and getting to his spots, beating guys off the ball, and not just beating guys off the ball and getting to his spots for shots, but also beating guys off the ball and creating for his teammates and forcing that Hornets defense to start to rotate. And that was a big factor. You know I thought that was uh, something that really stuck out from Kyrie, especially over the course of the last couple of games. Is also him pushing the pace and trying to you know, get in the paint, get guys in position where they can score and set his teammates up, especially with Ben being out defensively, you know, four blocks is also great. You know, you love the activity, a couple overhelps here and there, but not as bad as we've seen, you know, in some of these previous games, but overall really happy with Kyrie. If he can just start to knock down his three ball, you know, he's going to get back to that efficient scoring level we saw at the end of last season. Still, you know, I think he was shooting around like 32% from three before this game. You know, after this one, he might even dip down under 30%. Obviously, close to a career 40% shooter from three. Expect those numbers to really pick up over the course of the next couple games, the next couple weeks. Uh, moving over to KD. Not a huge game from Kevin Durant. Did still score 29 points, 12 of 19 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 turnovers. Did have that huge three late in this game. And the Hornets, Steve Clifford, one of the teams that are, you know, sending doubles at Kevin Durant, trying to force the ball out of his hands, was able to get a lot more easy shots in that first half. So credit the Hornets for trying to, you know, slow him down a little bit in that second half. But overall, I don't think this was a bad game by KD, but wasn't one of his best of the season. I think there was lack of engagement sometimes. You know, there's one possession sticking out in that fourth quarter where he was kind of jogging up the court, took a while to get into the set, and next thing you know, the Nets end up with a shot clock violation. And I think defensively, he's played better games, especially as a help defender. But overall, hard to complain about 29 points on 63% from the field. Moving on from KD, uh, Nick Claxton finished with 14 points, 6-9 from the field, 2 of 6 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 3 blocks, 2 turnovers. Clax wasn't wasn't great in this one, wasn't bad either. You know, the 2 of 6 on the free throw line definitely hurt. Some missed free throws inside, uh, I think a travel or two, or just a little out of control. Plumlee did a nice job using his physicality against him. And Clack spent a lot of time out on the perimeter on Terry Rozier, who's one of the few guards in this league that has Clax's number. You know, I think Rozier did a nice job of kind of, you know, getting him moving and then taking advantage of just the, the quickness he has over Clax, who's still one of the best 
athletes in terms of the center position, but Terry Rozier is also a great quick twitchy athlete himself. Uh, so Clax, you know, not, not bad, not great overall. You know, I think the Nets could have used him a little bit more inside rather than out on the perimeter. And I think that's something that the team needs to look to evaluate in certain situations, especially as he's improved as a rim protector and when they're playing such small lineups, you know, it's just putting a lot of pressure on other guys like Kyrie, Joe Harris, Royce O'Neal to have an impact down there where they're just physically incapable of some circumstances. But moving over to Royce O'Neal continues to be on that cold streak offensively, finished with three points, one of six from the field, one of four from three, two reba- uh, four rebounds, four assists, one steal, one turnover. Royce has definitely gotten a lot more passive. You know, we talked about on the previous show, uh, two of 12 against Boston, two of eight from three, losing some of that confidence and turning down open shots. And I think that's where it becomes uh, hampering to the offense. You know, that becomes a situation where the other team is cool leaving him open, leaving him as an outlet because he's going to hesitate or he's just going to look to pass the ball instead of take those shots. Even, you know, even a little bit more reluctant to drive, um, you know, the last week rather than the, the last month. So we'll see what happens with Royce and how his offensive game goes moving forward. Joe Harris, uh, just an okay game for him as well. You know, eight points, three of six on the field, two of four from three, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, one turnover. You know, Joe didn't do anything remarkably well in this game also didn't do anything remarkably bad. You know, I think this is a, a performance for a lot of guys just kind of being okay. And I think that goes to show, you know, a little bit of the engagement from the team, not being super high, knowing a bad Hornets team is coming in. Hey, we can kind of get away with, you know, putting put forth a, an okay effort. And that's kind of what a lot of the Nets did tonight. And it worked to get the win, but it was a little too close for comfort. Uh, moving over from Joe Harris, another guy who I think actually had a great game tonight was Seth Curry, 20 points, 8 of 11 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, 1 of 1 from the free throw line, 5 rebounds, six assi- uh, 8 assists, oh, sorry, 6 assists, and 0 turnovers. Also, starting to find some of his sweet spots on the floor, you know, coming off of a dribble handoff, getting to that in-between wing and baseline spot. You know, he loves that two-point shot there, was able to uh, knock down a four-point play in this game. And the six assists, you know, you saw him running the show a lot more in that second half. You know, maybe it's, you know, Royce O'Neal not being a threat or Jacques Vaughn just wanting to get him more involved. And I think utilizing Seth offensively is important because he is so bad defensively. You know, he is... One of the worst defenders on this team, and I think a lot of that is just physical limitations in terms of his lateral quickness. You know, he's just a guy that has a hard time staying in front of people. So if you're not utilizing him offensively, he becomes more of a negative for the team because his lack of defensive ability and him being such a a one-sided player. So something important to kind of keep an eye on moving forward with him and trying to find lineups that utilize him the best. Another guy who provides, you know, offensive value, but really not much defensively, Markeith Morris finished with six points, two of five from the field, two of four from three, three rebounds, one assist, one block, zero turnovers. And the thing for Markeith is, you know, he can knock down those open threes and provide that extra level of spacing, but defensively, you know, there's a lot of confusion from him, uh, doesn't have the foot speed to stay in front of guys when the Nets are asking him to switch. Um, got into situations and just had a foul, which for him is the right choice because he's just going to give up an easy bucket if he doesn't. So Mark Heath is a guy that can knock down threes and not really much else at this point does provide, I guess, a semblance of toughness. But even 
at times his uh, feel for the game is off. You know, he's in the game to be uh, a floor spacer. And at times he'll post up, you know, on the block or hang around the dunker spot. And it's like, even if you do get the ball, what are you going to do in that situation? So just uh, just a couple areas where the team can get better and kind of find positioning on the floor that benefits, you know, your teammates rather than just trying to, you know, rather than just essentially having no value on the floor and being a negative in that sense. But moving over to TJ Warren, uh, TJ really wasn't involved much in this game, played about 10 minutes, 0-1 from the field, did have two assists, uh, one turnover, and that's really it. And I think you'd like to see TJ Warren get some more touches, get some even some more ISO touches so he can start to find his groove. Um, that Raptors game, we saw him score, I think, double digits in the last two. It just really hasn't been there. And I think some of that's just trying to find his feel on the court with this team. But I think it would be a benefit to run a play or two for him just to get a shot up so he feels a little bit more involved in this one. And I think defensively, he's fine. Uh, Rebounding-wise, he gives you a little something, even though he didn't have one in this game. Moving over to Cam Thomas, played just under five minutes in this one, finished with zero points, 0-2 from the field, one rebound, one assist, zero turnovers. And Cam is still just out of sorts out there. He's having a hard time uh, deciding between when to shoot and when to pass. He did have a nice drop-off pass for uh, Clax in this one, but overall he's just unsure how to play this role you know and I'm not sure if that's you know his basketball IQ is decision making or just maybe he needs better coaching but one thing's clear defensively he's very poor and that continues to be an issue and that continues to keep him off the floor and especially with a guy in front of him playing great defense and Edmund Sumner who's probably been the Nets best point of attack defender this season nine points three at three from the field one of one from three two or two from the free throw line three rebounds one turnover and Sumner just plays extremely hard. And I think that's something that fans appreciate, coaches appreciate, teammates appreciate. And Sumner is just continuing to improve this year and providing that extra little mix that the Nets desperately need. You know, I think they need some of these extra hustle energy role players. And, you know, you could argue that too many role players on this Nets team don't provide that energy and hustle. And that's a missing component at different points during games or the season or whatever it might be. So Sumner's always a brush of fresh air when he's out there. And, you know, hopefully that glute contusion is fully healed and he's, you know, getting more minutes moving forward because I think he provides help in a lot of the areas where the Nets are lacking. But other than that, I, I like I said, I don't think there's really much to take away from this game other than the passing was really good and the defense was really bad. You know, and that's hopefully the passing stays and the defense improves. We've seen the Nets have great defensive stretches, and then we've seen them have games like tonight. And the Hawks are a team, you know, not playing their best basketball right now, but have the capabilities of getting hot really fast. You know, a guy like Trey Young, Ken Cook, and all of the different weapons they have in that team. So it's going to be important for them to lock in for that matchup and continue to go up in the standings. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, it could be as high as four tonight. And that would be a pretty nice, a pretty successful start to the season considering all of the drama and injuries they've had to deal with for the first month of the year. So hopefully things continue to improve five and one on this homestand. Hopefully they can make it six, six and one against the Hawks and continue to just get better and make strides as a team, especially defensively. But overall, big thanks to everybody for listening and check the buzz on all stream platforms. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.